0: right. So we are here with Sandy Yong, award-winning author, keynote speaker, and investor. Her award-winning book is The Money Master, um, which we're going to talk a little bit about today. I'm super excited for. And as a keynote speaker, Sandy teaches female millennials how to invest in the stock market and real estate. So today we're going to talk all about what they don't teach you about wealth and investing. So welcome, Sandy. I'm so glad you're here in this year's summit.
1: Thank you, Maria, for inviting me to be part of this amazing event.
0: So I'm just going to jump right in. Um, What would you say is the number one thing that women especially are not taught about wealth and investing?
1: I would say the number one thing is that um, when it comes to investing, I find that when I talk to friends or um, colleagues or even some clients that they don't necessarily know about the fees that they're paying. Um, especially, you know, if you're if you have a mutual fund or maybe you go with a financial advisor, um, sometimes there are um, you know management expense ratio fees, or uh, and so it can be tough knowing like exactly how much you're paying on an annual basis um, because it quite frankly isn't all that uh, transparent to people. So I think that it's important for the people to find out.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I've talked to a few friends and they're like, oh, I don't pay fees. My advisor, I like my work. I don't pay my advisor. And I'm like, oh, you're paying your advisor. You just may not know how. Exactly. Um, So if somebody wants to educate themselves on their fees, right, they're invested. They're like, oh, my goodness, I need to do this. How can they educate themselves on those fees? Where can they go? What information? Where do you suggest they start? Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, uh, depending on where you have your investment portfolio. Um, You could sometimes find the information online um, and then going through, uh, you know, the details to to see, you know, they should list it. Um, Sometimes you just kind of have to dig for it. Um, Or you can go back to uh, the person who serviced you and ask them to show you the information, Um, especially if you are with um, a financial advisor who may charge... um, a fee based on, you know, your total portfolio, then um, they should clearly state how much they are charging you. um, You know, if it's a percentage or flat fee. Um, And so then that way you are educated in knowing, um, you know, how much you're paying, but then maybe assessing, is there a better way to go about this? Like, can I get the same type of funds, but, um, you know, that's more cost effective Because in the long run, fees can really eat up your returns um, over a long period of time. And this is maybe tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars over several decades. So it really is a a big deal, Um, you know, getting that information you need to make the informed decisions to see, should you stay with what you have or should you make some changes?
0: Yeah, that was going to be my next question because I thought like fees can't be that much, maybe, you know, a couple percent some people talk about, but um, it can really add up, you're saying, to like tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars. So definitely worth looking into. Even a few percentage points can make a big difference. Exactly. So that gives us in fees, that's one thing um, that we're not taught. But speaking about women in particular... um, is there anything we've never been told about personal finance? So what are some kind of myths that you kind of want to bust around that?
1: Yeah, I would say that, you know, statistics and studies show that women tend to live longer than men here in Canada. Um, Not only that, but there still is the gender wage gap in many industries where, um, you know, paying, we're paid maybe 80 cents for every dollar a man earns. And, because of this, it it is even more essential for women to learn how to invest, uh, whether it's in the stock market or in real estate and, and proactively grow their wealth, because we're already falling behind men in the workforce. Um, we live longer, which means that we need to have our retirement nest egg last longer. Um, and unfortunately, um, time and time again, we do see that Women will pass on the financial responsibilities to their male counterparts in the household, and um, this is really troublesome because when we see couples go through an unfortunate divorce, then you find the woman ends up scrambling to try to figure out their own finances um, when you know they're in emotional turmoil and uh, in such a fragile state, and it's just it's just so hard. Um, to do at that, that point. So I think it's, it's uh, important to um, work together with your spouse, your partner, and to be involved in your family uh, finances, um, you know, throughout your whole entire uh, relationship so that you know what's going on. And you can have an equal say in how you manage your um, money and to invest it so that, you know, you can create your own wealth.
0: When I think it was interesting, I read somewhere that women are actually better investors than men. So I thought that was super interesting because we often think maybe we're not, or there's maybe some um, a barrier as far as knowledge goes or apprehension to invest. But I thought that was a really interesting statistic or fact kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it is really fascinating because um, I often talk to um, men who you know, feel like they re- really are confident in investing and I'm sure they do well. But women are just as good, if not even better, because one, we are able to stick to a financial plan and not tinker with our portfolio and try to chase after all these hot stocks like cryptocurrency and NFTs and what have you. So I think that um, because we have the potential to do so well, um, I think that we should encourage more women to learn how to invest and Um, and show them like how great we are at it.
0: I a hundred percent agree. And that's why even at the summit, there are a few, um, sessions on investing specific for women because you're right, we can do it. And, um, it's, we are very good at it. So why not learn how to do that and get over some of those barriers and roadblocks. So totally agree with you on that one. Um, so we talked a little bit, you talked a little bit about, um, getting on the same page as your partner, um, as far as, you know, both kind of have some responsibility in that financial management. Is there any other reasons why it's so important to talk to your partner about money?
1: So many reasons. I mean, um, you know, statistics show that, uh, like the reason why, um, couples end up getting a divorce and the top reason is being money problems and, This is where I believe that having open communication, transparency, um, and being supportive of each other is fundamental in having those money conversations, which can be tough. Um, You know, when my husband and I first started dating, um, you know, it was it, it was tricky to kind of figure out how we manage your money and understand each other's money personalities. And fortunately we both have similar financial values and we're both very frugal. Um, We both do our research when we're shopping for an item. And if we're buying a high value item, we always have discussions to talk, to talk through it and then decide together what we think is the best option. Um, And you see in relationships where if you have power struggles Um, there could be one partner who may feel ashamed of their purchases and could have a secret credit card or a secret bank account that the other person doesn't know about. And they're buying things and and hiding them because they don't want to be criticized um, for their purchases from their partners. And that's where you kind of get into that sticky situation. Um, So in order to avoid that, like having those conversations and discussing um how you spend and save your money, what your goals are together in the relationship, and just having a supportive and non-judgmental environment is is really um important. Absolutely.
0: And I think so some of the conversations we have, me and my partner have are about um you know trying to balance what we want for today versus tomorrow. So what are today's needs versus tomorrow's wants, I guess. Um do you have some advice on how someone can kind of navigate that?
1: Yeah, I mean, living in Canada, we are experiencing skyrocketing um, housing market, inflation, gas prices going up, groceries going up, like it's crazy. Um, and you know, I, I definitely can um you know empathize with families who are struggling just to make ends meet. Um, but of course, we are human and we want to enjoy life and and especially nowadays on social media, you see your friends um, who are going on these vacations now after two years of being in the pandemic or they're buying a nice fancy car and it's hard not to feel FOMO. Um, And and it's, you know, we we want to have nice things in life. But um, um, one thing that my husband and I do is that, so for example, we want to have, Um, Our next car, we want it to be an electric vehicle, Um, you know, well, one to combat not having to pay high gas prices and, um, you know, having something that's environmentally friendly. And so we've created our own savings account and every month we set aside a couple hundred dollars to put that into that savings account. And so that in the future we can buy, um, you know, our dream electric vehicle. Um, So that way, like we still work towards what having our everyday living and necessities while saving for our future goals.
0: So coming up with a plan and having a bit of a sinking fund um, to plan ahead. I think that's a great tip. That's awesome. So. Now that we've kind of come up with that, we know that uh, we've talked about as far as women are better investors. uh, We've talked about some of the things that we didn't learn. You know, no one's telling us about uh, wealth and investing. What tips do you have for someone who wants to protect their wealth? So I'm working really hard. I'm, you know, we got a plan. We're making progress. But what tips do you have if I'm trying to protect that wealth?
1: I would say two two of the most important things that um, an individual would need is one, looking at the insurance coverage they need. And secondly, having a will and a power of attorney. Um, So the first point with insurance, there's so many types of insurance, but the most common ones that most people would have would be your home insurance. Um, If you have a car, you'd have auto insurance. And then if you're working, um, you would want to have disability insurance in case you ever get injured. Um, And then there's life insurance in case you pass away. And you have dependents who rely on your income. That's really important to have. And then, of course, there's like travel insurance, and if you have a business, you want to have commercial um, insurance and all that. So, um, if you have an um, if you work for an employer, um, most oftentimes they do provide insurance coverage for you. If you work for um, you know a large enough company um, that offers that, and so you want to be able to look into the different packages that they have. What do they cover? What don't they cover? Um, if you ever need to make a claim, what documentation um, do you need to uh, submit? And, um, you know, for myself, like being a new uh, mom, like I now have a young son who uh, depends on me and my income. So, my husband and I have had to have conversations, um, you know, even for for our son. Like he has insurance now, um, and this ties into my second point with having a will. And so, even though, like, if you're, you know, say in your early twenties, and you might not think that it's important to have a will, but if you are um, in a common law relationship or married or any major life event, um, it's important to have a will. And I speak from experience because I've had um you know my close family members pass away and um and there were times when um, you know my loved ones didn't have a will and there was a time when one of them did and it would made a huge difference in the legal process, settling the the estate, you know, closing accounts and and whatnot. And so it it really is um tough when you're the executive executor. Um, and you have all these responsibilities and when you're in a really tough situation you're grieving and, and mourning the passing of a loved one and to have a will um, really helps to outline what your loved one's you know wishes are and how they want to pass on their wealth or their assets
0: and I think there's so many different uh, ways to get a will if you're kind of younger and you have a very basic estate, then there's some different online versions, obviously some great online um, kind of fintech in this space. As far as wheels go, um, going to a lawyer, that sort of thing. I remember when we bought our first home together, me and my partner, we were just like, we need a will. As soon as that was, it was like, Kate, we need a will now to kind of protect that. Uh, and that's when we got life insurance, same thing, um, to protect that to kind of thing. So those are some definitely good tips. I can uh, relate to that as well. So for women who have a very good financial foundation, so even they've got a good financial statement, you know, they think they know what we're doing. We've got the basics undercover. Um, what, would you, what would be something you would suggest for them to do to get their money to work for them?
1: Yeah, I would say that um, learning about leverage is really key to having financial success. And what I mean by that is when it comes to investing in real estate, um, you can leverage the bank who gives you a mortgage and you're essentially borrowing money from the bank in order to pay um, for your property, whether it's a house or a condo, townhouse. And um, and we've seen in the past decade or so, and even in the past year, housing prices have gone up. And I mean, it's not so good news if you are like say renting or just trying to enter the market because it's, you know, they're at all-time high prices, but it's good for those who may have invested or purchased a home several years ago and has seen the property value increase over time. And um, so my husband and I, we are real estate investors. And what we do is we focus on having um, condo properties that we rent out to long-term tenants And this gives us the monthly rental income that we use to help pay down our mortgages. And we're um, being able to leverage with having mortgages and growing our net worth over a long period of time. And so this is something that we've been able to, um, you know, learn about and apply our knowledge. And, and I mean, it's a whole different conversation about being a landlord and, a real estate investor, but it's, yeah, it's a great way to, to grow your wealth.
0: Yeah. Leverage can be uh, very useful. It's a bit riskier, obviously, um, as a strategy. So definitely not something you do as your very first kind of financial strategy, Uh, but it can be for real estate. Uh, You can do leverage for stock investing. Um, There's a whole bunch of ways you can leverage. So absolutely. We, I'm also a real estate investor. So very leveraged over here uh, in that regard. So the summit's all about action and taking action um, with your money, feeling empowered. You've given us some really good tips, but if the, what is something someone can do right now? So they've watched this kind of session and they're just like, they're powered up. They're like, yeah, absolutely. They're energized. What's something they can do right now if they're finished watching this session to feel more in control of their financial future?
1: I would say um going back to our conversation about balancing needs and wants, I'd say I'd say one of the simplest uh, things that you can do is that. Um when you figured out what your financial goals are, whether they are short-term, medium term, long term, um uh you know, open up a, a separate savings account, um, put a nickname on it. So say for instance, um, you know, you I mean well for myself, um, our family, we want to go on a Disney cruise next year. So we've got a separate savings account, nicknamed it Disney Cruise. And um On a regular basis, we take money from our checkings account and direct it over to the savings account. Uh, We do it on a monthly basis. Some people like to do it whenever they get paid, like biweekly. And we just break it down to how many months do we have to save? How much do we need to save? And then that way... We're able to work on this timeline and see month by month our savings account is growing and it's really encouraging to see that we're working towards a goal really excited about it and it's something that we can enjoy in the future
0: awesome and one tip uh, with savings accounts i like to put them in a bank separate than my checking account Um, make it harder to kind of access easier to put money in but harder to access so you're less likely to kind of want to spend that sort of thing and there's lots of online options for that those kind of banks um, that have a little bit of interest I mean there's nothing they called high interest savings but let's be honest there's no high interest rates right now Um, so absolutely well Sandy you have provided us a ton of actionable advice so definitely make sure that you check on your fees how much are you paying for your investments make sure you have the proper insurance and set up that sinking fund those are some really actionable uh, advice that we can have. So thanks Sandy. Uh, it's hard to cover everything. They don't teach you in help, what, investing in wealth in one interview, but you've definitely provided us a lot of guidance. So that's awesome. If someone wants to know more about you, Sandy, where can they connect with you?
1: Yes. Um, you're, um, the people who attend this conference, if you want to get to get in touch with me, you can go to my website, sandyyong.com. It's That's spelled S A N D Y yon I'm also on social media. So you can um, find me on Facebook and Instagram at The Money Master Book and Twitter at Money Master Book.
0: Awesome. And Sandy has been so kind as to uh, provide us with Money Master Books for the first 25 people who bought the VIP All Access Pass. Awesome, Sandy. Thank you so much. And hopefully all of you got some actual advice out of this.
1: Thank you, Maria.